You're listening to the Islamic Sustainable Finance and Investment Podcast, the show discussing the latest and most exciting developments of Sharia-compliant sustainable finance. Turkey's largest beet growers cooperative, Kayseri Şeker, raised funding through short-term sukuk using crystal sugar as the underlying asset. The structure wanted IFN's 2022 Most Innovative Deal of the Year. My name is Marlena Karim, the editor of Islamic Sustainable Finance and Investment, and we are joined by Dr. Menevshe Dilidzugun, head of corporate finance and advisory at Hulk Investment, and Uzgun Ozok, managing partner of Ozok Law Firm, the legal advisor of the Sukuk, to learn more about this deal. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Marlena. Tell us a little about the Sukuk. Of course, my pleasure. But before we start talking about the deal, let me define who the issuer Kayseri Şeker is. Kayseri Şeker, Turkey's largest beet growers cooperative brand, owns three sugar factories and has 16% of total sugar quota in Turkey. Halk SPV, our SPV, is a 100% subsidiary of Halk Bank, which is one of the largest state-owned banks in Turkey. The Sukuk Structure Facility provides funding to purchase sugar beet from farmers for the production of sugar and management of sugar stocks. This supports increasing sales and while covering actual operating expenses, of course. Between 2019 and up until now, we have completed 11 Sukuk issuances of Kayseri Şeker with a total issue size of 1 billion Turkish lira, which is approximately $53 million dollars. The deal was based on a portfolio consists of Aikota Crystal Sugar, which is 120% of issuance amount in accordance with prudence, of course. So tell us about the structure of this Sukuk. In this structure, first, Hulk SPV makes the Sukuk issuance and collects Sukuk proceeds from Sukuk investors. Then, Kayseri Şeker transfers the asset portfolio to Hulk SPV. And after that, Hulk SPV transfers Sukuk proceeds to Kayseri Şeker. Within the frame of Vakala agreement between Kayseri Şeker and Halk SPV, Halk SPV authorizes Kayseri Şeker as vekil of it and Kayseri Şeker manages the asset portfolio to create an expected profit. While doing this, Kayseri Şeker sells the asset portfolio of Aikota Crystal Sugar to third parties and obtains sales revenue from that sale. Then, Kayseri Şeker transfers the sale proceed to Halk SPV within the frame of purchasing agreement that is signed before Kayseri Şeker and Halk SPV before. So finally, Halk SPV transfers the dissolution amount that is coming from the sale proceed to Sukuk investors. In this way, the Sukuk is redeemed. So you mentioned that there were 11 issuances. Did all of them follow the same structure that you just outlined? Yeah, they are all, uh, all ones in same structure. So what is innovative about this Sukuk and what were some of the challenges? This was an innovative product because the deal was first ever Sukuk in the world where Aikota crystal sugar is used as an underlying asset, which is a tangible asset, you know. So moreover, for Turkey, it was first Sukuk issuance in Turkey that is issued by a cooperative. So creating the structure was difficult at the very beginning because we are trying to make a combination of Vakala, Ijara and Muraba Sukuks in the same structure, actually. 
since Kayseri şeker is a dynamic structure, so it's a business, it needs to make a periodical sugar beet payments to farmers and needs to sell the asset portfolio to third parties from time to time that doesn't match the sukuk's term. So there is a mismatch uh, problem here. So in order to build a more flexible structure, Mr. Uh, Özok came up with a brilliant idea here. Besides 120% collateral mechanism, we have designed a movable pledge agreement and account pledge agreements here. In this way, Kayseri Şeker could use the asset portfolio that belongs to Halk SPV during the term of Sukuk. So that creates a flexibility for the company. Tell us a little about the difference between the movable pledge and the account pledge. This is a, a technical issue under Turkish law, uh, indeed. The account pledge is focused on the cash flows of the company. We are trying to manage the sale process uh, through this way. So once the product, uh, the crystal sugar, is sold to a third party, we receive the money in our accounts through a pledge system. So we always have the same collateral, either through a cash mechanics or through a movable pledge. So on the other hand, movable pledge allows us to give the management of the stock uh, of crystal sugar to Kayseri Şeker. So they can easily make the sale to third parties and they can also manage their uh, stock system through uh, their own warehouse. This allows to the company to manage its operation as it is and also allows our SPV to monitor all the process, all the sale and payment of the sale process to the accounts of the company and creates a further collateral against the lag between the maturity that needs to be made for the payment to the lease certificate holders. I understand. So is it correct to say that this technicality was added to account for the lag between the asset and the liability side of this deal? Yes, so uh, lease holders, lease certificate holders can ensure that they will either the asset and they will have the opportunity to sell the asset if there is any default occurs. It also allows the company to manage its operation as it is without any interruption of uh, SPV. Dr. Manevshe mentioned a little earlier that the innovative aspect of this deal is the use of the crystal sugar as the underlying asset. So why was crystal sugar used as the underlying asset for this deal? The parties opted to use the crystal sugar to eliminate the risk of production. As all agricultural products, sugar beets need to be cultivated, uh, implemented and harvested uh, within a time period of six to eight months. So during that period, the farmer needs to be paid a certain level of advance payment to ensure the production. And then after the harvest, the crystal sugar is produced within only one month or one and a half month during a one year life cycle. It is also a heavily regulated market, the crystal sugar market in Turkey. So the production is made by the licensed product such as Kayseri Şeker. 
So Kayseri Şeker is actually using the funds of issuance to finance the advance payment to the farmers for the next sugar beets harvest, while it uses the stock that has not been sold to third parties yet as the underlying asset. We eliminate the risk of sale of the underlying asset as this is a regulated market and the production is planned and licensed by the Minister of Agriculture through a quota system. So we can say that we know all the sugar that Kayseri Shekhar produce will be sold in the market. This is the reason why, uh, in the first place, we prefer to use crystal sugar. Because of the regulated market and a certain guarantee of the future sales of the asset, it made sense. Yes. So we're seeing a lot of sukuk in the agricultural space coming out of Turkey. So what can we expect in the future for agricultural sukuk? And what are some of the challenges specific to agricultural sukuk in the country? Last year, Turkish capital market has issued a report and a guideline regarding the green sukuk. And then the presidential finance office has issued the participation finance strategy paper on November. According to the strategy paper, the good news is that uh, we can say these certificates will be issued increasingly in volumes and number, including in the agricultural sector. The most important challenges would be the term of the lease certificate, as the agricultural financing requires a life cycle, which doesn't fit the payment terms of the lease certificates. This is the most important challenge, we believe, and we also believe that the implementation of the agricultural products and the, the, the harvest period will need to be somehow aligned with the payments and with the terms of the lease certificates. The second challenge that we will face in the future, the compressive weighting mechanism for measuring uh, the FUKUR compliance of participation capital market products and primarily lease certificates, of course. So the compliance with the secondary regulation is the only parameter which can now use. And the secondary regulations is not regulating everything based on the FUKUR compliance and Sharia rules. Agricultural finance requires a detailed supervision mechanism for the underlying assets used in the issuance of the lease certificates, on the other hand. This also increases the cost of supervision. So this is another topic that we will discuss in the future for the agricultural finance and uh, lease certificates issued based on the underlying agro assets. The other opportunity is the increasing number of green scoop. And I believe it will take a, an important role in the future. So Capital Market Board has already issued the Green Finance uh, Report as well as a guideline for the green sukuk financing. The, the, the most important points that I can point out based on the report and the guideline and the most important challenges would be the, the Islamic finance and conventional finance going to be, in essence, subject to the same standards in terms of green finance. This will increase the cost of the green scoop issues comparing to the traditional scoop issues. However, there is a growing market for the financing of green capital markets products, the agricultural lease certificates will have an important role to take an increasing portion from this appetite of the investors to the green finance. 
one of the most important challenges that the, the agricultural research is will face the mechanism for the underlying asset reporting. So how we will report, how is uh, the term of the life cycle of agricultural products doesn't feed of the requirements of the conventional finance standards. They are shorter, they have a life cycle of less than one year. So the terms of the lease certificate will continue to be a little shorter than what uh, an international investor would expect. These are the most important challenges in my view for the uh, next couple of years in the agricultural financing in Turkey. That is really interesting what you said about the life cycle of agricultural sukuk. Is that why we're seeing revolving facilities like this one? From what I understand, they are multiple issuances, all short term. These are arranged so that they are in accordance with the agricultural life cycle. That is correct, Marlena. That is correct, because the life cycle of agricultural products are less than one year. I mean, you implement and then you harvest within the same year and we have to solve it in a very short period of time. But your costs and expenses continue over a year. So there is a seasonal effect on the production. The production itself took less more time, but the raw material, i.e. the agricultural products, need to be on soil for a period of not less than three months and not more than six months. You, you are not able to stock it for more than three months, so you have to make the production a very short period of time, and then you have to sell it at the soonest possible to avoid any mismatch in the payments. So as long as you have a secondary market that you can sell the underlying asset, that shouldn't be a problem. But if you cannot find a third party buyer for the underlying asset at that period of time, then you will have a problem, a default problem. So this is the risk of agricultural financing. As Özgün Bey said, the sukuk's term are really short, but uh, in Turkey, sukuk's are mostly demanded by institutional investors like mutual funds and pension funds. And the pricing actually is made according to the fixed rate of uh, return determined in line with the market dynamics. At the same time, of course, that is consistent with Kayseri Şeker's borrowing costs and the maturity of its cash flows. For example, based on the last issues, 16 qualified institutions investors and two qualified individual investors participated in our SUKUK issues with a 85 million Turkish lira realized demand. So the expectations of investors and the fund users were met. There's an equilibrium uh, point in the market. So why is there a preference for short-term instruments in Turkey? Because, you know, Turkey is a developing country and it's really hard for us to to see a long future in front of us. That's the main reason. I understand because of the, the turbulent capital market. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for your time. And I think we learned a lot about the Turkish agricultural sukuk landscape. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on Islamic sustainable finance and investment, log on to www.islamicsustainable.com. You can also listen to the episodes on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.